0: Thank you very much for being a guest on the show, John. Uh, you, we've been friends for a while now, and I'm a big fan of your business and the way you run your business. And uh, thank you
1: for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of me for sure.
0: Just so everybody knows, John is the founder of Sousol Solution. He's got a team of experts that do foundation repair and maintenance. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the experiences he's had running his business and developing a team. So we'll jump right in. How did you get into this business in the first place, John? Um,
1: Well, in 2003, right after university, I was hired by a foundation repair company in their finance department. So I was in their uh, back end there doing the books and I found the business pretty lucrative, uh, pretty interesting to do. And that's how I started kind of into the business of foundation repair, uh, talked to the owner there and, uh, wanted to open up my own location and didn't want to open competing with them in the area. So I picked another spot and, uh, did the move. Okay. That other spot is
0: a pretty big move.
1: Where did you end up going? It actually was a very big move. So it was, it was, um, brand new career, brand new company, brand new country. It was Boston, Massachusetts. Yesterday, I moved to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a big move. Wow.
0: Okay, so we had a lunch and we were talking about some of the adventures that you had during that move. And it seems like the U.S. government had a twist in mind for you as far as the business is concerned. So, what happened?
1: Okay, so you know, everybody, it's starting your own business isn't easy like people make it sound on you know, social medias or, or, or whatever. It's hard work and I'm not afraid of hard work. I love hard work. It's a challenge you reach there. So I left Halifax, Nova Scotia in 2003 and opened up my own uh, business in Boston for the foundation repair. The business was extremely difficult to get started the first year or two uh then it took off then you know the hard work of doing the home shows every single week for three four months straight every weekend every weekend you're there and knocking on doors being in the yellow pages back then having uh pay-per-click googles there's a lot of investments a lot of time a lot of money spent but in the third year the business turned around and at the fifth year it was a multi-million dollar business wow Yeah, it really was. We, we, we worked hard and we, uh, we got the results. Well, I
0: think that talking about that whole part about the business development piece, that could be a whole other podcast. So we may have to invite you back to talk more about that. would love to, but you weren't able to stay in Boston, right?
1: Mm, No, I wasn't. So I had an amazing team. Like I, my company is based on its team it's you know no no business owner or a leader can do everything on his own and whoever says that they can they can it's not a it's not a business look my team is what made me in boston i had amazing amazing crew amazing foreman um they they were they they had the basics that i care about they were kind to customer they were authentic they were they you know they were hardworking, disciplined I didn't have that oh i don't want to show up on a monday or didn't want to show up on friday were there and they cared about the company as much as i did and how they showed it is they cared about their client about our clients like to me i the first thing i look for is someone kind to our clients that means they're kind to me so it's they're the front line they're the everything they're the face of the company so they have to do that part and the team that I, i had and I actually, some of them started with me, and before I left, were still there, and they're still there today. Uh, so, but one of my team members, he was the foreman. Uh, when I when I got the news that I will not be able to stay in Boston because of immigration reasons, that I had to leave. Uh, again, don't forget, six seven employees full time paying hundreds of thousand dollars wow. of taxes, uh, million over million dollar business. Um, and I just had to, they said, no, you have to pick up and leave. So I said, okay, but I'm definitely not going to give it away. So I actually sold my business to one of my employees. Wow. That so takes a lot of guts. It, yes. But it was him. I don't, I don't deserve the credit. He deserves it. He was that good. And, wow. uh, I'll be honest with you, he was a stand-up guy. Again, had the had the importance, had empathy, had, had kindness. He he was, he was just on point. And a one, but it was a transition of one year. Like when I knew that I had to leave, I had one year to be to ship out. So I had to pay his debt. I had to put money in his account. I had to fix his credit. We went to the bank yes i took a lot of risk that's a lot of and, work uh, it, it was a lot of work and um, we went to the bank you know the bank wanted me to hold paper uh, I, uh with the loan i said no problem and we tra- did the transition he owned the business i think i left him at a million nine or two million dollars in sales last year he hit eight million dollars in sales wow so what a success story and so he he's He deserves it. Like that's the type of people that you'd love to help because you just, it's an amazing feeling. You know, you you get goosebumps just thinking that, you know, I had that much to do with the changing that person's life. And he was 27 years old back then. Wow.
0: So John, I mean, I just want to cut in here. The thing that you focused in about this gentleman was not his, skills, was not his technical knowledge, was not his education, was not his business acumen. You were focusing on something different. And it's, it's something that we, we as business leaders need to understand that if you let your HR department hire your people based on their credentials, but don't look at
1: those other things, you're really setting yourself up for failure. George, I've never hired anyone and I never will hire a, uh, uh, anyone based on their technical experiences or how good can they dig a hole or you know or break with a jackhammer. I can teach that. That is be, that's so simple. it's it's the heart that I care about that like, I ask a series of questions to see what will they do? because that's the home of a client. That's the customer's home. You know, when we when we sh- when we, we call and b- it starts from the beginning, when we call and set up a time for the estimate, we have to show up at that time. Like when I say, I'll be there between 11 and 12, at 10 o'clock, I better be sending a message saying to the client, I'll be there. I'm confirming that I'm gonna be there. And I do show up and I write the estimate and during my estimate, I tell them that I'm also on the job. It's not like you give them an estimate and then you send a whole back, back uh, crew to a job site that the homeowner has, has no idea who these people are. Yes, part of your company, but if there's a snag or a problem on the job, they earned your trust. They gave you the job. The client doesn't remember in six months or eight months. They remember John. You know, they'll remember you. Yes, of course, it's branding and it's important that they remember so but they buy you. They yeah. don't buy your colors. They yeah. really don't. And these people in Boston and the person I sold the business to had that magic. He had it, he drank it, he grasped it, and he ran with it. Wow. He wasn't, okay, yeah, yeah. I just want to buy this company and get this guy out of here. I'll do what I want. Absolutely not. He totally believed in it and probably did it better than me and that makes me happy it doesn't make me oh i'm sad because he did it better than me or he has an eight million dollar i am beyond happy it, it it's it's so fulfilling sounds like a win-win it really is because i would have been able to, i would have had to leave that company with zero yeah wow so, so, so what, yes, were, I, what were some of
0: the challenges john that you had to face in terms of yes you had the year to to help set him up but then you had to run the business long distance didn't you
1: yes so a little bit of a, a a little bit of a snag was you know the employees that were there never looked at him as their boss yeah he was their foreman right so it was it was john was the boss and then everybody else is equal because i don't believe in you know one mm-hmm. above the other yes of course you can have a foreman on the job certain job but everybody's treated equal at least so that was a challenge with some of the employees understanding that now it's him that's the mm. boss but you know i flew out there a couple of times made sure that everything is legit they understood you know we went out for supper for you drinks oozed it in you know and again because of that juice that he drank and that belief that he believes about treating all your employees so good they understood it very quickly where you know he put them at ease but listen nothing changed just the name changed from john to me you know right and he really did do that The the another another issues that would come up would be like something that we never hit uh that one year of transition Mm -hmm. so uh, on a project you know there's let's say the concrete is instead of four inches it's eight inches with rebar in it, John. What do I do? You know, picks up the phone, does a Zoom, or back then it was mostly video. What's up? No, not was not wasn't much Zoom. So we did a video. What's up? We, you know, we we we'd figure out the problem and we do it. I w- in the first year, I think I met with him on a weekly basis. Every week, we meet with him, we talk to him, see what's going on. Does he have any questions? Any questions that he comes across? Any estimates? Um, stuff like that. Uh, but he was he was he was very um he understood pretty easily and i didn't have to repeat a hundred times like he he was that good so he was clearly engaged in the whole project yes he definitely was he definitely was and he had the heart to for his clients he he understood the meaning of service he understood that without a client and without a happy team you actually don't have a business
0: yeah it's interesting i was talking to somebody in the telemarketing business earlier today and they were talking about the idea that you know you have to have all the right things to say to to keep a client happy and all the rest of it and i was thinking to myself you know what if people feel that you're sincere if people Authentic. feel that you really care about them you care about the part, it. care about looking at it they'll forgive little mistakes absolutely authenticity if, if your heart Authent- is right there
1: authenticity and caring that's that's all it is because I'll be honest with you, George. There's a lot of, there's some, sometimes that I get estimates to do at my house. When, if there's someone you like and it screws up, it's like, yeah, it was okay. You make the excuses for them. You just say, yeah, that was hard. The wall was crooked. But if you didn't like them and somehow you gave them the job and then something, else, you start making, you find the problems, you yeah. know?
0: You make so, it worse.
1: Yeah, you really do. So I authenticity is very important. Servicing your client like you promised, especially in construction, it's basic, but for some reason, people think that's so difficult. Servicing your client is extremely important. Yeah. Doing yeah. what you're t- doing, what you say you're going to do is extremely important. Yeah. It seems
0: fundamental. It seems basic. It seems too simple, but it really is the backbone of any business, whether it's a service business or a product business, it doesn't matter.
1: Absolutely. Like, honestly, after we're done, I've said this before, and I say it many times after I'm done, people write me the check. They tell me, is there anything else we can do to you, for you? Can we put you a Google review? Yeah, absolutely. You can. But they even ask us. Yeah. It's They had a good customer experience. The whole idea of customer experience and having raving fans is what drives us. percent.
0: So John, as we wrap up, what is a SUSO solution up to these days? What's, what is keeping you busy these days in the market?
1: So here in Quebec, uh there's there's a there's a a system that's not common mm-hmm. it's starting to but it's called an inside french drain oh yeah in, different. Yes. so instead of excavating all around the house and bringing heavy equipment and machinery we can do the system from the inside in ontario it's 90 percent inside 10 percent outside Maritimes, it's ninety six percent inside, four percent outside. Wow. Boston, there is no such thing as outside anymore. It's all inside. Mm-hmm. So we're a little bit behind, and we still do the outside. Of course, a lot of excavation companies want that ex- the outside because they can get their equipment uh, moving and working. Uh, so that's a little bit of a a battle, but we're winning it. That you know, inside systems. Are a better system because they're guaranteed for for life. They're half the cost as inside. Uh, uh, sorry, they're half the cost as outside systems, um, and they don't clog up with dirt because yeah. it's underneath the cl- the slab, it doesn't mean. Oh, people will tell you, oh, but you're bringing water in, and then you're not bringing water in. It's under the slab. It's under the f- envelope of the walls and the floor, so okay. it's not actually bringing anything in. Um, also the challenge, the, what, the next project for us is we keep always improving our products and our materials for our injection resin. So the French drain is the French drain system, but then right. we fix cracks in the foundation. And we are the only, I think we are the only company might be one more that does a lifetime warranty. So when we fix a crack, it's guaranteed for the life of the home, as long as the customer owns it and transferable when they sell. And that is because of the injection material that we use, the pre-polymer, elastomer, polyurethane. It stays flexible in the, in the wall. It doesn't shrink with time. And that is our, that's a very important uh, competitive advantage that we have. Wow. And, of course, and of course, our guarantee, people love our guarantee that they don't ever have to worry about it. It's the peace of mind.
0: Well, given your commitment to customer service, I'm sure the guarantee is uh, always honored to them. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the least we can do. So where can people reach you? What's the best way for people watching this, um, podcast that want to get in touch with you about your services? What's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Uh, of course, social media, uh, they can reach us on our website and, and my direct cell phone. Like I love talking to my clients. I'm not one that, you know, talk to the salesman or talk to this person and not me. Don't talk to me. Okay. So let me get this
0: straight. we if we run a title on the bottom with a phone number, you want to put your personal cell.
1: I have my personal plan and all my ads. Oh I want want to talk to my clients. I want to talk to my customers. I want to see what they need. I want to make sure they're serviced well. So, of course. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Well, John, as I said before, I think we can have another podcast about some of the techniques that you use to communicate with your team in Boston and to keep that business thriving while you were doing your own business here. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. And I Thank think we can, we can develop that. So we look forward to seeing you back again. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you and, for having me, George. And everyone, if you need John's services, uh, please look him up. I can vouch for him. He's an amazing guy.
1: Thank Thanks, you. John. Take Thank you. Job. All right. Thank you.